I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. We had a pretty tremendous rally day today. If we reel back the tape and we just go back to what we discussed the last few days, I was looking for a low in that gap neighborhood, 271.20. I didn't get my wish. A couple of days before, actually one day before, I said, is it likely they're going to treat the next gap the same way they just treated the gap before? And that was when they filled this gap here and the official was the 274.38. So we came down, I'll move the chart over, and we came down on the 7th, filled that gap. That night, we discussed that the fact that the market was likely going to, if they opened up lower and remained weak, they were going to fill the other gap. That's what I was looking for. Didn't get there. I said, are they likely to treat that gap the same way? The answer was no, but I thought they were going to come down a little farther and go through. I ended up with the rope-a-dope. And here, they ended up going much, much higher than I really would have ever expected them to go today. But that's the way the market works. The market always goes a lot farther in either direction than most anybody ever thinks that it can. And it does it over and over and over again. And today, basically, we had some short covering. We had some panic buying ensue. Then we had light volume. And you know what happens? The path of least resistance in light volume is to the upside. And we ended up with a market that had a trend day up basically the entire day. The market almost didn't pull back at all all day long. So where does that leave us from the larger picture perspective? Well, if you go back to the other day, we started talking about a couple of different scenarios. One was the market could collapse. And I was suspect of that. I was looking to be a buyer down at the gap. The second scenario was the market could come up like this have another pullback just like we've done before, act as another launch pad for another rally to even new highs. Doesn't have to be new highs, but certainly we could have had some kind of a launch pad. That's what we're seeing now. So it's basically the same thing that we saw. The markets ran up a couple of times and had minor pullbacks. Here's one of them. We basically went sideways. Here's another. We had a very, very minor pullback. Here's another one. Now we had a little bit larger of a pullback, but does that mean that the market actually had enough time and built up enough energy, wound up enough to have another rally to make new highs once again to even higher highs? So what's interesting is we're going to talk through that. What's the number that tells us the market's going higher? Where is that special spot? Well, I think there's a couple of hints beforehand But the special spot is back to, and remember this number, this will be iced in our heads, 280.40. You begin closing daily, and certainly on this week, above 280.40, that's all she wrote. They're going higher, and they're going higher by not just a couple of points. This all happens, and we start discussing numbers like 28.70, 28.90 and change, and the big fat round number of 2,900. Now, It's far away from where we are, and we could turn around and go back down tomorrow. So we have to look at both sides of the equation. I'm giving you the case, if this was a launch pad and we're going higher, we're not going to stop 
just over the old highs that were made the other day. Now, that may happen on a temporary basis, intraday, for a couple of days. Always keep in mind the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. But for large measure, if this was another wind-up for one more rally, we're going a lot higher. What about the other side of the coin? What about the bear case? How do we know the market's falling apart? The line in the sand, we have no choice, has to be today's low. There is nothing in between today's low and where we are of substance until we close below on the daily chart, until we close a day below today's low, this is going to be a breakup candle. So we can even go sideways, have a pullback, a retracement. We could do a lot of things or we can go straight up, obviously. We can do a lot of things, but until unless we close a day below today's low, this is a bullish chart. When you look at the hourly chart, you see what I'm discussing here. So today's low, in fact, the low actually is 275.23. So if the market did come down on some kind of a rope-a-dope scenario, this was a fake out, it was a fake rally, everything's falling apart when you wake up tomorrow, are we going to come down and fill the gap or come close to a gap window? All that's possible doesn't change anything until and unless we begin closing below some of these numbers. By the way, let me pause for a second and once again thank everybody for participating, making comments and posts underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction and you know I love the banter back and forth. In addition, hit the thumbs up button on the video if you think the content is thumbs up worthy and then go ahead and share the video with anybody you think can benefit from this information. Now, back to the show, you can see on the hourly chart even, we closed above, got to, and closed above the 100-period moving average. Everything we're looking at is bullish. It is what it is. I'm just reporting the information. I'm the umpire calling balls and strikes. I'm doing that now. The chart is bullish. It is what it is. It's obviously extended on a very short-term basis, so we can certainly wake up to a pullback, but that doesn't mean that the market is falling apart. That would be normal garden variety market behavior. The chart right here is telling us it wants to go higher. Now, something changes and we begin turning around and getting below today's low. That's something entirely different. Until and unless that happens, this was bullish behavior off of Friday's reversal and the follow-through today. We discussed the follow-through possibilities on the weekend video, and we got it today. So we have to heed the follow-through. Now, on a separate topic, I have a bone to pick. And understand, this bone is for entertainment value only. We're going to talk about Boeing for a second. Now, there was a terrible accident. That's not the point, obviously. That's a tragic event. The point I want to make is that there was a discussion ensuing underneath one of the videos a couple of times within the last couple of weeks about Boeing driving the market higher. That was the reason the market was going higher. This was obviously before the market turned down last week, but there was somebody trying to pose the idea that the whole market was going up because Boeing was going up. Well, here Boeing is down, it was down about 40 or $50 today, whatever the actual number was at the low, it was down about 10 or 12%, and the market was up. So there goes that story. And the point was, and the reason why I even answered that underneath the videos, those comments was, and this is the type of word that that type of scenario gets assigned. It was silly. So I don't want to make it into a contest of who's right and who's wrong, but just so everybody's aware... 
I win this one. Let's get back to something more important, the IWM. So the last time we looked at the IWM was in the weekend video after Friday's reversal, and I said they can even get this up to the 20-period moving average. I didn't think they'd do it in two days, but here we are. Remember something else I said. There's actually two things going on here. Something else I said was it can still be long-term bearish and short-term bullish. We had that discussion. This is a good example. It's not out of the woods. I don't know whether or not the IWM, and nobody does for that matter, we don't know whether the IWM will end up making new highs or not. There is certainly a lot of work to do, and that's not a shoe-in by any measure, either in the S&P or the IWM, anywhere for that matter. All we're doing is discussing the possibilities. There is work to be done in the IWM, but if we continue higher, you can see where the next area of natural resistance would normally be in the IWM. And here it is. You have a 20-period moving average for one, and that also coincides with the high of this breakdown candle at 156.08. We'll call it 156 for argument's sake. The 20-period moving average on the daily chart comes in at 155.38. So assume 155.38 up to 156 and change would be a natural area of resistance from an intraday perspective where we would be confident the market would unlikely just waltz right through that area without some kind of a pullback. That would be the case, let's say, 80% of the time. So 80% of the time, it's the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, the market's normal, garden variety market behavior. 20% of the time, there's crazy stuff going on. So the normal garden variety stuff, the IWM is going to find resistance between 155 and 156. That's just the way it's going to be 80% of the time. We'll see what happens. There's a trend line. It's 155.70. It's totally arbitrary. I picked the number out of the blue. I just want to give us a general idea. I'll keep the horizontal trend line on the chart so we can see what happens if anything does happen. Keep in mind, I'm not suggesting anybody take action at that number because we don't know what the market's doing when and if it gets to that number. I'm just trying to make a point doing the aftermarket analysis based on normally where the garden variety resistance would be if the market continued strong, continued to rise. The next major area of resistance is somewhere in the neighborhood of 155 to 156, probably closer to 156. Switching over to inside the numbers real quick, I just want to show you one trade. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. I won't labor you through that tonight. But this came out of the stocks on the move section. So Eli Lilly closes on Friday about 126 and change. The stock's getting a little tiny bit of a haircut at the open, and that qualifies for stocks on the move. These are stocks, like all other stocks, they're headed to a destination. It's a short-term destination. If I'm able to identify the short-term destination and we're getting the trend change at the short-term destination because what happens is when a stock is headed to a destination, 80% of the time it gets to the destination, it turns around and goes the other way. 20% of the time it goes to the destination and it wasn't the destination, it's got a different destination in mind. That's the 20% of the time. But in this case, the destination was 122.79. 
went through it by just a little bit, by a few pennies, and then you can see what happened. It started to take off, and it went on a little bit of a rocket ride, getting all the way up to a high of 124.91. Keep in mind, this is just a few hours later. This is same day. And then we came all the way back down to the same number, 122.79, give or take a few pennies, and you can see the importance of that number on this day. Once again, even in the afternoon session, that number was supported. We closed above that number, but this trade is over. This trade was over earlier in the day when we started to rise. Any trader that had a position took some off, kept some. A lot of traders keep some, and they try and squeeze as much as they can out of it. Then we trail the stop, and then obviously would have been stopped out when the stock turned around in the other direction. But that's also what we call a risk-free, emotionless trade on at least a portion of the position. This is how we treat trading as a business, folks. This is all in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, Lazy Gap Trader. This is inside the numbers. This was a stock on the move this morning. This is what we do each and every day. We learn, we teach, we do, we rinse, we repeat. Let's get back in our lane. How about over at the transportation department? We talked about this in the weekend video. Look at that tail candle into the moving averages, filling the gap. We talked about the number the night before. We came down a little bit below that. And look what happened today. We took off to the upside. Now remember something. We talked about this the other day as well. The media started picking up on the fact that the transports were weak. They said they were down X number of days in a row. What I recall was they were wrong on the number of days, and when they started bringing it to everybody's attention, that's when you can see the bearish sentiment start to shift. The pendulum shifts. When the pendulum shifts, everybody gets bearish. Look what happened. We've had a reversal. The market puts in a bottom on Friday. We have a tremendous day in an oversold condition, panic buying, short covering, call it whatever you want. This happens over and over and over again. I'm telling you, this one was right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Talked about it in the weekend video. Anybody that took the course can take it from the high and knows exactly why. A minimum of two, probably find five reasons why this was a reasonable risk-reward trade in and around that moving average and that gap on that day. That day was Friday. What about when we look out in Silicon Valley? What do we find with the Qs? So they don't look like the IWM. They look similar to the spider, but they look better than the spider. So we know the Qs look better. Technology is better. Technology is a leading indicator because it's for growth. Money is not going into technology for safety. It's not going there to hide. It's going there to grow. It's going there to grow quickly. Look at the recapture of these moving averages. We had a reversal on Friday. We opened up and just powered forward today. Finished near the highs. Tremendous day. This is a bullish chart. There's just no two ways about it. There's no other way to look at it. It doesn't mean every day is going to be up. There are trick, trap, fool, and frustrate people out there that will try and shake out the weak hands, make no mistake about it, but this is a bullish chart. I'm calling balls and strikes. This one's a strike. Here we are again at the XLF. We talked about this a number of times. We had the 2588. We never closed below it. We never quite got to the lower end of where I was looking to be a buyer in the XLF, down at the 25 and a half area. That's as a result of the spider or the S&P 500 
not filling that gap, really taking me out to the woodshed last Friday by not filling that gap. However, the XLF is strong, and if we can get above the 20-period moving average here, then that could have also been a launch pad for one more move higher, one more rally before this market sees any kind of significant trouble, and that may be no time soon. So give this market some room, give it some space. If we close below today's low, something else is going on. Until and unless that happens, unless the financials are falling apart, there's nothing wrong with this market. The financials were up one and a quarter percent today. That's a healthy market. Doesn't have to be outpacing the spider or the S&P 500 in percentage terms. But as long as the financials are healthy, technically speaking, there's nothing wrong with the broader market. So we want to just take a look at that, take it for what it's worth. I like to heed that. Now we look over at the semiconductor space. The Philadelphia Semiconductor Index is a wonderful proxy for the tech sector. So the tech sector is a proxy for the overall market in terms of is money going in or out of growth stuff. I personally like the IWM better. That's my fave. But within the tech sector itself, the SMH is a good proxy for the tech sector. SMH up 2.77% today. What that's telling you is, and closing above the 20-day moving average, while we're into some resistance being the top end of the last breakdown candle, that's okay. That's a bullish move. It's bullish off the reversal from Friday. Look where we came from on Friday. Down here at this gap, down here at $99, we're at 103 In percentage terms, in two days on an index, that's a big move. That's not indicative of a market that the rug is going to get pulled out of right away. How about Amazon? We'll use this one as part of the FANG sector and part of the proxy for the tech sector, the FANG stocks, the widely owned stocks, the hedge fund favorites, fan favorites. Here's what I want to point out. So here's the last breakdown candle and the high was 1669.75. The close today was right above that 1670.62. That's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. That's bullish behavior. I want to point that out. We always look in as many places as we can, and I'm not suggesting nobody's looking at Amazon, but I can tell you not many people are looking what I just told you. The Apollonians are getting their wish. We're getting a great move higher in Apple. Apple has higher to go. Where is it going? Well, we talked about it before. If Apple was able to bust through, and it has, 185 is the next stop. Can it go higher? Sure it can, but it will find resistance at 185. Checking in over at Netflix, just want to make sure that there's no funny business going on with any of the FANG names or the widely held. Looks very similar to Amazon. Looks like it could be a launch pad. Now we got above the 20 period moving average and we're above all the moving averages. This is bullish behavior. We'll move over to gold. Gold had a retracement today. The bogey is basically Friday's low. Any daily close below Friday's low, and I wouldn't want to be long gold any longer. Now, folks in the inside the numbers gold trade have a number that's based on the GLD. We'll stay with that number. It's negligible in the big scheme of things. We're discussing pennies. Keep in mind, this is also in the 80th percentile. We had a big update on Friday. Today, we have a partial retracement. Garden variety market behavior. How about crude oil? Anything surprising in crude oil? No. Crude oil is headed higher. 
We're rising above the moving averages. We just went sideways for a pretty long time. And generally speaking, a situation like this, we can see that crude oil is on the rise. It's in a bullish position, headed in an uptrend. The moving averages are rising underneath price, pushing price up, have been supportive of price. The moving averages have been supportive of price. You can see how price rode along the 20-period moving average. As the 20-period moving average was upsloping, price continued to ride the 20-period moving average. That was bullish behavior. You can see us breaking above. There was a convergence of the 100-period and the 20-period moving average. You can see price now breaking away from that convergence. As long as price on crude oil stays above $56, there are higher prices coming inside the number members get the crude oil prices each and every morning. They know the higher numbers. And with that, folks, it's a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.